Hello, it's Friday the 29th of September. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I'm doubling down and dumble done. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we gather up the UK press and sort them into good and bad using a traditional Hogwarts sorting hat. Look, the Telegraphs joined the Express in Huff and Puff. The Times and the Guardian, strangely, are both in Bravers No More. Sorry. <laughs> the Mail's out on its own in Blithering. <laughs> And thank goodness the stars found its friends in Shut That Door. <laughs> and you lovely listeners keep telling us you love us. They were a bit worried about Hannah Ray, who says that she laughed so hard, my dog thought I was broken. <laughs> <laughs> we're out five days a week for your listening delight. And if you'd like to help us continue to worry Hannah's pooch, then why not join the Papercut Supporters Club? Just visit back.papercutshow.com. That's B-A-C-K dot papercutshow, two S's in there, dot com to find out how. There's a link in the show notes. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Potholy Grail. Can Rishi sort out the UK's travel problems by filling in some holes in the roads? Drug running. How drug testing derailed an athletics competition. And golden tears. Boris and Carrie, interior designer, insists the wallpaper wasn't actually gold. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we're one drink short of doing a dobby. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and joining me on the show today is sketch writer and occasional jacket flaunter, Rob Hutton. Hello, Rob. Hello. Also with us is comedy TV writer and flagrant shoe wearer, Jason Hazley. Hello, Jason. Hello. So what have we got on the front pages today, Rob? Well, I've got the serious front pages. Um, the Mirror has a tribute to the 15-year-old who was stabbed in Croydon, um, Eliane Andam. Uh, our lovely girl went to school and never came home. The Times also has a photo of her on the front page. Its lead story is Tory shift to higher taxes may never be reversed, uh, which is about all the ageing population adds pressure on spending and, of course, the massive COVID debts and so on. There's Basically, we're now a high-tax society. And the mail goes with the tree being felled on Hadrian's Wall, a sycamore gap tree, and the headline is simply, Moronic! A lovely mail comment. Okay. Uh, Jason, what do you have? Um, the Telegraph has a large picture of Eliane and them on the front page, but the headline is Sunak to block new 20 mile an hour zones. Uh, we're going to come back to that. Um, the front page of The Guardian um, has Sunak books car drivers first in new election battle line, but it also has um, uh, in the earpiece an absolutely beautiful photograph of the actor Michael Gambon who died yesterday at age 82. He is most famous for being Dumbledore, but in my heart, he will always be the singing detective. Yeah. But the stars rescued us because the stars' front page headline is Demon from Hell Tries to Murder Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> it's an exclusive. Uh, well, at the, at the standalone at the top before the headline says, Shock paranormal news that's taken us all a bit by surprise. <laughs> Came in late. Bit of a shocker. Okay. Um, I feel like we should possibly slightly unpick this story. What's happened to poor Sharon Osbourne? Okay. Strap in. <laughs> I'll read you the first paragraph of the story. And I, I want to warn you that the last word in this sentence is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Okay. <laughs> Sharon Osbourne was rushed into hospital after she was attacked by a demon her son Jack fears. <laughs> 
fears, okay? The short version of this story is that she had a funny turn, the end, ended up in hospital for a couple of days. But um, while she she was filming a ghost show night of terror at the Glen Tavern Inn in California, when she fell unresponsive, went into a medical emergency of some sort, unspecified. Hmm. She tried to ask a spirit questions while blindfolded before blacking out is what happened. So she blacked out, effectively. Yeah. Um, because well, she was blindfolded, and also because she's on that weird diet drug, so she hasn't eaten for. Oh, life. she's on a Zempic. Or whatever yeah, she's on yeah. a Zempic. She doesn't eat for three days, so it could oh, be that. Good Lord, okay. She has also had something of a life. I, yes, I yeah. feel. <laughs> like, so, yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Is there anything in your medical history we need to know about Mrs. Osborne? <laughs> How long have you got? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, uh, but uh, but her but Jack, her son, uh, claims that what happened to her defied medical science. <laughs> Okay. What so blacking out it defies yeah, yeah, medical yeah, science. Yeah, this yeah. has never happened before. Never happened before. It's not like she turned into a butterfly or something. Jack, she, she had a funny turn for fuck's sake. Um, yes, he and he believes it was some kind of spiritual attack. There we go. Okay. Well, right. I'm glad she's all, she's all right. Oh, do we know if she's all right? Has she been no, spirited we don't know. away? No, it's an incredibly short story. I have to say, it's only okay. about eight well, paragraphs. Okay. Well, hopefully, we'll get more detail. More details more as, as they arrive. Yes. <laughs> Rishi Sunak has been paving his way up to Manchester for the Tory party conference all this week, dropping hints about stopping HS2, the high-speed train link, and now telling the papers that he's going to be the friend of the car driver. Rob, what is Rishi saying he's going to do? Well, it's all being kept as a big surprise. But there, are, but yesterday morning, there were various interviews where he was being asked repeatedly about HS2, and he kept saying instead, maybe you should just drive. Um, and talking about but talking about potholes, and so so it's mainly this is weird, oh, it's a tedious kind of culture war on the against the motorist or against the cyclist, or and you know, and actually many of us are sometimes motorists and sometimes cyclists and sometimes on trains, and so he's going to crack down on low traffic neighbourhoods, which, as you'll be aware, are one of the great blights of modern society and he's going to crack down on twenty mile an hour speed limits and he's going to crack down on potholes, which actually is the the one bit of this that is absolutely solid British politics and indeed global politics is potholes. People hate potholes. <laughs> I once spent, I mean, this is this is in the early days of austerity. I spent a day, a whole day listening to David Cameron doing local radio interviews the length of the country about potholes. Potholes to every local, where each time he would explain how much money was going to that area to fix potholes because people hate potholes. And actually, the, my tedious serious point is they're a great metric for um, what we're not spending money on, if you see what I mean. Along with everything else that's not working, there are an awful lot of potholes. So it sounds like, so basically, I mean, Rishi Sunak rent, he did 34 local <laughs> radio station interviews um, uh, the other day. I bet he really enjoyed it. Yeah, he came across really well, obviously, <laughs> um, because on BBC Radio Manchester, he said prioritising driving was the best policy, despite the fact that everybody in Manchester wants HS2, because the vast majority of journeys are made in cars. Well, yes, because the trains are terrible. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's yes, an you can't absolute... get from you can't get from Manchester. I mean, it's yeah. not just North East it's where just you can't get from Manchester across argument. the Pennines, except in a car because the trains are so slow. I mean, yeah. since Uxbridge, it's like the Tories believe that Ulez has become a kind of crucio spell. Do you know what I mean? You say, can I say Ulez, and the magic word will torture all your enemies until they die. They seem to be just working anything to do with cars in because they think it makes them electable. Um, yeah, and this is where we come to the front page of the Telegraph. Mm. 
Um, Eliane Andam, this teenage girl who was killed in Croydon. Large picture of her on the front page, next to a headline about blocking 20-mile-an-hour zones. And then in the piece about uh, Richard Holden, the roads minister, um, appeared on Sky News yesterday, linking um, basically this girl's death with ULEZ by saying, uh, I think the mayor should be more focused on crime and antisocial behaviour instead of flip-flopping around ULEZ. Now, there comes a time when the only and right thing to say is fuck off, because that is a despicable um, connection to be making. It's absolutely shameful. And it's worth reminding everybody that ULEZ is a health, a public health initiative, right? Uh, I sort of think that the, 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 the Tory party sort of caught the Uxbridge virus and thinks that ULEZ is going to be the answer to all their... And it's, it's just... A, it, all it is is a bit of campaigning. It's a bit of electioneering. It's bullshit. ULEZ is a very good idea because it's going to make the roads safer and it's going to uh, improve uh, the air. That's well, it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it does seem to me that basically since that's what I mean by ULEZ being like a crucio spell. It's like they suddenly thought, oh, my goodness, if we concentrate on car drivers, everything will be fine and we'll just put everything through this lens. One of the reasons why one might say that the death of Eliane Andam happened is because the youth uh, services have been so cut. That's, yeah, that's no, again, the yeah. point. Again, right. So what else can we cut? The youth, youth, youth. I mean, you can't. You, you can't do it with a specific situation, but in aggregate, you can see all of the all of these bad things. Sort of once austerity kicks in, about about four years into austerity, you just start seeing it. Whether you're looking in in sort of hospital deaths, whether you're looking in uh, prison violence, would any any of these graphs have this same shape? Where it just suddenly you you sort of you cruise along for about four years, and then everything just starts going to shit, you know, and uh, it's. Yeah. But that's what austerity is. Yeah. Austerity is making things worse. That's what it is. Rob, I'd just like to say that you were at the Westminster Correspondence Dinner last night. <laughs> I was. You were. <laughs> and I'm here this morning as You've well. You've done very I'm a, well. I'm a hero. You've done very well. So, like, at this Westminster Correspondence Dinner, which unfortunately you and I weren't at, No, Jason. we didn't get invited for some No, reason. I don't know why. I mean, you know, we're, you know obviously we're at home weeping about that. Um, Rishi told some jokes, right? He did. He did tell jokes. Please report Rishi's jokes. And I think the thing is, the thing about Rishi's jokes in his defence was you sort of had to be there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we weren't. No, well, no. Here is a. I just apologise to listeners because I tried this one on you. I thought I thought this was funny last night. That's all I can say. I'm glad to see he told us that uh, Liz Truss has been quietly reflecting, not least about who's to blame: HMT, of course, OBR, BOE. IMF, HMV, BFS, ACDC. I can't think of an acronym in British public life that hasn't yet been blamed, except perhaps the IEA. We bloody loved that. We bloody loved that <laughs> last night. I don't even night. know what the IEA is. <laughs> it's was. a joke about the Institute of Economic Affairs. I'm there you go. Sorry. A joke about the Institute of Economic Affairs. <laughs> I literally thought he was going to say HRT. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have laughed at that. <laughs> so that would have actually that yeah. was a better would have been a better punchline. Thank oh, you. Anyway, but look, no, no would have been I, I got, wouldn't have been I've got so many problems with these jokes as a comedy writer. I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna editorialize on one of them. Um, <laughs> so Sunak said um, Keir Starmer is so out of touch that quote he thinks Angel of the North is a tube stop in Islington. Now, the number of things that are wrong with that are many. But we'll start with you can't 
you, you've missed out the from Angel of the North, thereby signalling what your punchline is going to be. So you've weakened the joke there. There's no such thing as a tube stop. It's a station. <laughs> it's not It's not a fucking bus under there, Rishi, which you wouldn't know because you've probably never been on it anyway, you tetchy dolly. Um <laughs> Honestly, I just think politicians, very occasionally, they're good at being funny, but it really is very occasional. And yeah, I don't think this was one of those occasions. I'm know. just going to say it again. Tetchy Dolly. Yeah. <laughs> now, the Papers love a sports story. If you want relationship-wrecking over-analysis of the rugby, the golf, and naturally the soccer ball, just turn to the back pages. But there are a couple of sports stories that have made it through to the news and both concern the state of running. Jason, there is a delightful piece in The Telegraph, isn't there, about the Delhi Athletics Championship in India. What's been happening there? Right, well... It's just sensational, this. Um, The Delhi Athletics Championship was all going fine until a video was posted online of a washroom in the stadium, which was absolutely chocker with discarded syringes and packets of EPO, which is the erythropoiesis. I can't remember. Um, It makes your blood take more oxygen. Yes, yes, it it increases your red blood cell count, yeah. Um, so So effectively, doping. So the doping agency pitched up (laughs) Um, and that's when things went wrong the 100 metre final only had one competitor in it because the others all complained about having muscle strains and cramp the under 16 hammer throw only had one participant too in the junior steeplechase event the girl running it got to the end got to the finish line and just carried on running while doping people chased after her trying to get get a blood test (laughs) So it's actually, she was doing the 100 metres running away. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. I mean, I do, uh, the thing I quite like about it is the fact that the guy won. They filmed him running the 100 metres final. He's called Lalit Kumar. You know, set it up. He properly ran it. He ran pretty fast, it looked like to me. And then he gets a gold. I mean, possibly also the silver and the bronze as well. But like, you know. He could have he could have walked it, couldn't he? He could he have stopped and sat down halfway and he'd still <laughs> have got a gold. He yeah, smoked a fag. <laughs> Carried on. Um, and he, uh, there was a note that I, put, I took from the uh, Telegraph, which also is that India ranks second in the world anti-doping agency's doping violations chart, <laughs> 2020, after Russia. But if it worked hard, it could get gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's another story too, Rob, in The Guardian about special um, Adidas running trainers. Right. This is the £400 Adidas Super Shoe. I've got the name of it. Would you like to know? Yeah, the I would like to know. Adi Zero, Adios, which I really like. It's like, bye. Adios. <laughs> Pro one. Good, and, good. They, and they cost £400, yes. And uh, it was worn by um, Ethiopia's Tigist Asefa when she took more than two minutes off the women's world record uh, in, in Sunday's Berlin Marathon. And uh, the as it, following that, the shoe went on sale at £400 and immediately sold out. And there's now online auctions where they're going north of £2,000. Um, there's a really nice Guardian long read about all these uh, all these different runners, actually. And it's um, that the Kenyans and Ethiopian women keep smashing world uh, world records. So there's this Kenyan called Faith Kipyegon, and she broke the world record for 1,500 metres, then the 5,000 metres, then the mile. 
And then almost immediately, this Ethiopian called Gudaf Tsegate, she broke the 5,000 metres. So it's like we're in an era where this long distance running for women is like absolutely the best it's ever been. It's really lovely. It's a really lovely read, actually. And one of the thing, reasons why this has happened is they've now, in Ethiopia, they've got a female athletics federation chief. And um, what used to happen is apparently it was so kind of weirdly sexist. If, if an athlete was pregnant, they'd say she's got an injury. And they go, what, what injury is it? And they go, a female injury. Oh, I mean, that's how bad it yeah, was. I mean, it was really... Yeah. Back away. Yeah, it was really bad. But now, but with kind of investment and everybody getting excited about it, all these records are being smashed and all the marathon runners are getting younger and younger because what used to happen is they would be older. They'd start running 800 metres and then get longer and longer. And then when you were a little older, you'd do the yeah. marathon runner. And now they're all in their 20s. So all the records are being smashed in these amazing shoes. Here at Papercuts, headlines make us happy and we know you love them too, which is why Friday is Fry-yay for us all as we <laughs> shush, as we give you another Fixer Headline competition. I can see you frowning at me. Stop it. <laughs> Head to Papercuts Show on X and Threads where we will put up a great story with an ungreat headline. Think of a better one. Send it to us under the hashtag FixTheHeadline and you'll be in with a chance of winning a Fabulosio Paper Cuts t-shirt. Put those subs to shame. Now, what about in the papers today? Are there any good headlines? Um, what have you got, Rob? Um, well, I'm going to my um, specialist subject, um, which is uh, bottles of expensive fizzy alcohol. Um, LAUGHTER uh, Sort of. This morning of all mornings. Oh, this yes, morning exactly. of all mornings. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, so in the war-torn crime zone that is Surrey, Sainsbury's have replaced actual bottles of fizz on the shelves with pictures of bottles of fizz. And the headline is Champagne, which is S-H-A-M, Sham. And over in the mirror, uh, there is a fantastic story about fifty-something um, boy band uh, Take That, who are on tour and have a grueling schedule and therefore a, a, a tremendous fitness regime of uh, ice baths and stretches. And the headline is "Good for Back." That is Very amazing. Good. That is really yeah, good. good. I like that. I like that. I. I also Very good. Recognize yeah. it. So, <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> what have you got, Jason? Um, welcome to the Daily Star, page three of the Daily Star. A woman was left shocked after spotting Keith Richards in the lime scale on her workplace kettle. <laughs> it's the opening paragraph of the story. There's a picture. There's a it's there's a picture. I can't like see I can't see Keith Ban Keith uh, Keith Richards in there at all. Although apparently it's. It's got the uh, a detailed outline of his eyes, nose, mouth and wrinkles and it's even got his bandana. Um, <laughs> I don't see it, I have to say. Um, anyway, uh, the Stones, who the star notes, um, whose hits include You Can't Always Get What You Want, mm. just in case you weren't already taken by the headline, because the headline is the nonsensical Brew Can't Always Get What You Want. That's fine. We we give it a good pass. Yeah, it is. Um, but it's not the best headline in the star because the best headline in the star today on page 16 is Nazis killing off Hitler beetle. <laughs> um, a rare beetle named after Adolf Hitler faces extinction due to its demand as a neo-Nazi collector's item. Why is it in demand? Because it was named after Hitler. The bug was discovered by a German entomologist and Hitler fan, oh, oh. Oscar Scheibel, in 1933, and he named it Anophthalmus Hitleri. 
Is it like, I mean, does it have like a swastika on its back? No. Little moustache? No, it's just named after Hitler, that's all. This is um, Gregory you, Peck sort of breeding these these beetles somewhere in South America or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, they go for 1,200 quid each. They're blind as well, by the way. Okay. There's a lot of complicated details. There's a there. lot of right. unpacking, yeah. Probably should have left it at the headline. <laughs> Now, somewhere between the front page shouty caps and the back page screamers is the frothy part of the papers where columnists waffle, health gurus wibble and style editors insist that our lives would be so much better if we were all sitting here in silver trousers. What have we found today? Well, Jason, in The Times, there's a nice piece about interior designer Lulu Little. Yes. Yes. She's been speaking to the Wall Street Journal. (laughs) She's the lady who was booked by Carrie Johnson when Boris was Prime Minister to redesign the Downing Street living quarters. Yes, um, Lulu Little, um, who sounds like a fictional character. Um, <laughs> the Prime Ministers, Prime Ministers are given a budget of £30,000 to redecorate their gaff, basically. Lulu Little came round and put in an estimate of £208,104. That included £2,260 for 10 rolls of the Espalier Square design wallpaper for the entrance hall, which Johnson was reported to have complained about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, even Boris. So just just to put that in perspective again, £2,260 for 10 rolls of wallpaper and Johnson complained about the pattern... Not the price. (laughs) Right? I thought it was the price. That's hilarious. Yeah. And uh, what she does say in this is that, and it's the headline, is that the gold wallpaper was in fact a yellow design. I didn't know this detail. Where was the gold wallpaper in the flat? We don't know. It was in the fucking kitchen. (laughs) Right? So it wasn't gold, she says. It Nobody's was, listening to it's that. It's yellow and it cost an industry standard £120 per roll. Okay. Industry standard. Industry standard. That's Industry. a lot. We've been doing some research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done some shoe leather, yeah. yeah. Paper okay. cuts fact check. Okay, paper cuts fact check. What did you get? Um, how much did a, a roll of yellow wallpaper cost in B&Q? £10.19. pence. <laughs> <laughs> You've got some others. Yeah, you? you can buy a really posh one by Graham and Brown for £70 a roll. Okay. which is still £50 a roll less than the £120 industry standard kitchen yellow. Mm. Um, and, of course, you can buy, or, or you can buy, um, the short novel The Yellow Wallpaper by Charlotte Perkins Gilman for 75p from Amazon for your Kindle. Which is a, a, about a woman in an upstairs flat who goes mad. Yeah. <laughs> the, thing about, the thing about the Lulu Little story in, and the wallpaper, I, I mean, quite honestly... The flat redecoration and the wallpaper has given me £200,000 worth of personal joy. It's a story we will never die. so much material out of it. And it's great because so many political stories, you know, nobody can keep up with the detail. And then there's just some detail that everybody grasps. And the gold wallpaper is one of them. And the, the tragedy of Lulu Little is that it wasn't gold wallpaper. And she, this is not the first interview that she has given in which she has explained that it wasn't gold wallpaper. Wallpaper, and she is going to spend her life giving interviews saying it wasn't gold wallpaper. And when she passes on, they will put on her gravestone, it wasn't gold wallpaper, okay? And nobody will care. She will always be the gold wallpaper woman. Whereas, in fact, what she probably wants on her gravestone is the description of her in The Times, which is that some people know her as the Boudicca of craft. <laughs> 
I don't know what's going. What is going on there? She, what is she? Is she burning ki- Chelmsford? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Killing wool? I don't know. What the- Guardian, we found a really sweet story about <laughs> Monkey Christ. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to set this up so we all know what we're talking about. Cast your mind back. Um, do you remember there was a, a restoration of a small fresco of Christ in a church called the Santuario de Misericordia in Borgia in northern Spain? It was basically the one that was uh, quite kind of uh, scrubbed up, you know, it, was, yeah. it wasn't looking very good. And somebody went in and restored it and it ended up looking like a monkey. So hence Monkey Christ. OK, much hilarity on the Internet, right? Yeah. So what we discover in The Guardian, that this was done, actually, the restoration was done not by a restorer, but by this poor local woman in her 80s called Cecilia Jimenez. So she went out and decided to touch touch up the the, the fresco. Peak peak nan energy, isn't it? It really is. (laughs) Oh, I'll go and have a look at that. (laughs) Yeah, it looks a bit grubby. So she went out with her paintbrushes and kind of zhizhed it up a bit. Um, and so Echo Omo, which was what it was uh, called, originally painted by Elias Garcia Martinez, turned into Monkey Christ by Cecilia Jimenez, right? She had a terrible time. Everybody was, you know, really shocked. It was awful. It was awful. She was very upset. But now a kindly American has turned her story into a, no doubt, terrible opera. <laughs> <laughs> where's it going to be on? Uh, Vegas. I mean, of course. I mean, rush to it. Anyway, well, the, the, there is a happy story. It is a happy ending to this story because basically... Well, a bittersweet happy ending, isn't well, it? Well, it's a kind of bittersweet because there's a bit where she did a nun, nun you know, painting. <laughs> a nun painting. Yeah, yeah, she did a nun painting and then it was awful. But then loads of tourists turned up. So literally between August and December 2012, more than 45,000 people turned up to visit. Yeah. And now the church, you know, instead of the sanctuary, has an exhibition centre and gift shop. So there is a kind, you know, I mean, it is it is pretty good, you know. God moves in mysterious ways and Monkey Christ is now, you know, a kind of icon of, of its own. And the other thing that's quite nice, which is a bit of a twist of the tale, she's now 93 and she's got dementia, which means that she only remembers the good bits. So Aww. she doesn't remember the fact that people doesn't like it. She just remembers that everybody's really happy that she painted Monkey Christ. Aww. That's a heartwarming story yeah. for Friday. Thank <laughs> you. Like, can you see my pride? Okay. <laughs> and that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Jason. Thank you. And thanks to Rob. Thank you. Remember, we're now out five days a week and we would be really grateful for your support so we can continue our love, hate, love affair with the papers for you every weekday. <laughs> We are a 100% independent outfit. There are no big media owners behind us. We spend £600 a month on the papers alone. So it would be excellent if you could chip in a little to keep paper cuts afloat. For as little as £3 a month, you can get 20 episodes per month without adverts. Support us with a little bit more and you can get extended episodes with extra material, plus the coveted paper cuts mugs and T-shirts as occasionally modelled by our panel. Follow the show to back.papercutsshow.com. That's B-A-C-K, papercutsshow.com to find out more. Our beloved supporters get a shout out on the show. And here are three now. We're going to read one out each. So, Rob. Hello and thank you to John Parkinson. And Jason. Hello and thank you and God, I miss you to Jane Shaw. (laughs) 
and higher and muchas gracias to Tom Pegg. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when a coffee shop is cutting down on waste by serving its lattes and mochas in edible cups. No need for a hobnob. See you Monday. Paper Cuts was presented by Miranda Sawyer with Rob Hutton and Jason Hazley. The producer is Liam Tate, assisted by Adam Wright. Audio production is by me, Robin Lehman. Music by Simon Williams and socials by Jess Harpin. Designed by Jim Parrott and art by Modern Toss. Managing editor is Jacob Jarvis. Group editor Andrew Harrison and executive producer Martin Boitosh. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs>